thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. I have you loud and clear. <laughs> Hello. 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 Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Science. And that is to say physics, medicine, nature, or space, time, the brain, life, the universe. Hello, welcome to The Naked Scientists, the show where we bring you the latest breakthroughs in science, technology and medicine with me, Phil Sansom, and with Adam Murphy. And this week, it is quiz time. We've got three contestants ready to tackle our questions. Who will emerge victorious and be crowned Big Brain of the Month? So do grab a drink and play along at home. The Naked Scientists podcast is powered by UKfast.co.uk. Well, joining us this week for our quiz are, firstly, listener Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you guys doing? Oh, great. Yes, had a lovely weekend. Now, Chris, I've got to ask, what do you do? Because part of your time is spent making a podcast for The Naked Scientist, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm very lucky that uh, quite often I like to play computer games and I can pretend that that's actually called work and I make the Naked Gaming podcast for The Naked Scientists, which we do every month and we've just started doing video versions of it and it's all about game reviews, the latest news, you know, big releases, but we like going old school as well. So retro revival is one of our big features and occasionally we get a bit of science in there as well. We want to do a feature about the science of pokemon and how actually recognizing pokemon from just their silhouettes actually improves your intelligence so we we like to combine it all together do you then have a a favorite game and is it the who wants to be a millionaire uh game version (laughs) do you know do you know on the way back from because i um co-present the show with my genuine wife so on the way back from our honeymoon we were playing the who wants to be a millionaire quiz (laughs) on the plane Uh, and I, i like to think that that's good training for this and she may make a a cameo appearance because i'm very pleased that you said grab a drink and play along i think she might be bringing one later on so i'm excited for that she's very very welcome it's great to have you here chris (laughs) alongside chris is bavesh from london bavesh how are you i'm fantastic how you doing my friend very very good now bavesh what do you do i currently do customer service and um i study a lot (laughs) and and beyond that you're also a regular listener to The Naked Scientist, aren't you? How, how long have you listened? Oh, well over 10 years. I think I discovered Dr. Christian Radio Serendipity about 2007. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Since that time, because that's a long time to listen to our program. Mm. Do you mm-hmm, have any mm-hmm. highlights? What, what stood out to you? Oh, my God, the highlights. Well, I, I absolutely love the Q&A sessions here or Norfolk or South African radio um, highlights. Well, just the space stuff, really, I, I can't get enough of space, whether it be black holes and ha- Jill Tata. Uh, I think that was just awesome when I listened in one day and, and she was on. But, Bavesh, yeah, I have to say, brilliant. when we get to the space stuff, you're probably in for a treat. Thanks to you for being here. Our third contestant is Megan from Cambridge. Megan, how's it going? Going great, thanks. Looking forward to continuing the lockdown tradition of doing pub quizzes from my front room. <laughs> now, Megan, can I just say, you used to be a, a Naked Scientist intern, didn't you? What, what's your science background and how did that happen? Yeah, so I did an internship with the Naked Scientist that finished up uh, at the end of February. And the reason that I was doing that was because I just completed a PhD in material science that was funded by um, one of the research councils that used to work with the Naked Scientists, I believe. Um, And my PhD was in (laughs) essentially designing high temperature sandpaper to be used in in jet engines. What a wonderful world of science that you you get once you get into the technicalities. Megan, it's really, really great to have you here. Also joining us in what we're calling Encyclopedia Corner is my lovely co-host, Adam Murphy. Adam, tell us, what are you going to be doing? Hello. So I am going to be your scorekeeper, your timekeeper, and you're going to come to me for some weird science. I am the Susie Dent to your Nick Hewer, the Richard Osmond to your Alexander Armstrong. It is what I was born to do. 
I really can't wait to hear what you've got in store for us because I, I know you've been looking into some of these questions and you've got some facts prepared for us. Isn't that right? Oh, I've got a notebook full of stuff <laughs> ready to go. Don't worry. Okay, more from Adam later on in the show. And for the duration, our three contestants will be taking on four rounds of questions. One will be on physics and space. Then they'll get chemistry and materials. Then a round called Inside the Body. And finally, one called The Living World. Now, each time, they're going to get three minutes to get through as many questions as they can from their pool. They're also going to get a virtual Joker card that they can play at the start of one of the rounds to get double points on that round. Megan, we have to say we're not allowing you to play your Joker on the materials round just so that we can even that playing field a little. Now, contestants, when you hear this music start, that means that you have 30 seconds left of your time. Be aware, though that you may well get through your questions before you run out of time, in which case, very well done to you. And that sound will mean that you are done with the round. Let's start then with Chris. Now, Chris, we're on to physics and space. Would you like to play your Joker card? I think I'm going to save it just for now, but I'm, hopefully I won't forget to play it. So do nudge me later if, I'm, <laughs> if <Okay>. I forget. <laughs> if we get to the end, we'll give you a re- reminder. But for now, physics and space, three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. Schrodinger's cat thought experiment was produced in correspondence with which famous physicist? This one's worth a guess if you don't know. It's Bertrand Russell, isn't it? It's Albert Einstein. Oh, wrong one. Okay. If the source of a wave is moving towards you, does the wave's frequency get higher or lower? Towards you? I think it gets higher. Yes, quite right. Higher Higher indeed. Name any two of the four fundamental forces in physics. Gravity. Good. And (laughs) uh, people will be shouting at the radio now. I'm going to say time, although I don't think time's right, but I'll say that anyway. Unfortunately not. You could have had electromagnetism, the strong nuclear force, or the weak nuclear force. Okay, okay. What's the standard unit in physics for measuring energy? Energy and physics. Did I ever tell you I got 55% in my uh, A-level? <laughs> no, you didn't mention uh, <laughs> The standard unit of energy. Joules? Correct. A right, torque good. is what kind of force? A torque. Torque. Uh, you get it in, like, racing, cars, engine, torque. Is it it's to do with grip, is it? It's rotational, is what I was looking oh, for. Okay. Rotational force. Okay. A solenoid is a kind of electromagnet made out of metal in what shape? Uh, it's like a cylindrical spiral, isn't it, or something? No? I'll accept that. That's a coil of wire is what I was looking for. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, yeah. Whose law states that the farther away a galaxy is from the Earth, the faster it's moving away from the Earth? And for a hint, he's also got a famous telescope. Well, I only can say Hubble here. I don't know anything else. (laughs) Indeed, it's Hubble's law, the Hubble the Matra law, also known as. The brightest and most energetic events observed in the universe are bursts of what type of radiation? I'm I'm just going to say something like star, what would be a star star exploding? I'll say supernova, but I don't think that's the right, I don't think I'm on the right line there. We're looking for gamma rays. Uh, Supernovas do indeed produce them, so good answer. Who was the first person to reach outer space? Wasn't it a, a person? Because I think a dog went up there first, didn't it? Um, person. First person I'm looking for. Ah, uh, but this is not the people who walked on the moon. This is the test before that, I'm guessing. Indeed. Oh, well, I have to say Buzz Aldrin, but I know it's wrong. It's Yuri Gagarin. Uh, Finally, yeah. what percent of the actual universe is the visible universe? Is it A, 95%, B, 50%, or C, 5%? Started the question, so we'll finish. C is indeed correct. Chris, very well done. Bavesh, let's move over to you now. Bavesh, physics and space, would you like to play your joker? Ah, yes, why not? Be brave. All right, double points on this round. Three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. The twin paradox is a thought experiment where one twin can end up younger than their sibling after taking a high-speed spaceship journey. But what physics phenomenon is this describing uh time dilation quite right indeed are sound waves transverse or longitudinal waves longitudinal yes what fundamental particle is the most recent one to have been discovered in 2012 the higgs boson 
Yes, indeed. What is the standard unit for measuring temperature? Celsius. It's Kelvin. 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 If you have a a light bulb powered by a circuit and you add a second light bulb in parallel with that first one, what is going to happen to the brightness of the original bulb? It will dim. It will be unchanged. Bulbs in parallel, unchanged. How many poles does a magnet have? A tooth. Correct. What do you call the boundary around something like a black hole, where anything happening beyond that boundary can't affect in any way an outside observer? Okay, you've got the event horizon in the in the ergosphere, which I'll is t- the immediate environment outside the black hole. I'll tell you what, it's an event horizon that I was looking for. And I'll be honest, I haven't heard of the second one, so you definitely beat me to that punch. Yeah, it's the ergosphere. It's the immediate environment outside of a black hole. Now, what extraordinarily dense object is the result of the core collapse of a giant star? A neutron star. Correct. In which direction are rockets generally launched from the Earth, east or west? Don't. Um, Say west. I'll say west. East, unfortunately, because we rotate to the east. And finally, what theory of the universe describes how we expanded from an initial state of extremely high temperature and pressure? The Big Bang Theory? Yes, indeed. Very correct. Bavesh, very well done. Megan, it's your turn on Physics and Space. Are you playing your Joker? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. Archimedes' principle is that the force upwards on a floating object is equal to the weight of what? The water displaced. Excellent, correct. A standing wave is a wave whose peaks and troughs don't move through space. True or false? True. Correct. Neutrino radiation is the most deadly form of radiation. True or false? No, but I love the film where that is the premise. (laughs) Which film is that? (laughs) I think it's 2012. Oh, my goodness. Well, for for those who don't know, you've got millions passing through you all the time doing you absolutely no harm. So, indeed, false. What is the standard unit for measuring mass? A kilogram. Correct. Which of the following is not a vector quantity? Kinetic energy, force, acceleration, or velocity? I'm looking for not a vector. Uh, Kinetic... mm, No, acceleration. You should have gone with your first answer. It's kinetic Ah. energy. (laughs) Okay, name a common magnetic material. And for nitpickers, I'm going to say ferromagnetic. Oh, iron. Good. How long is a light year in metres? Is it A, 9.5 billion metres, B, 9.5 trillion metres, or C, 9.5 quadrillion metres? Speed of light is three times ten to the eight meters per second. So that would be uh, billion has yeah uh, with the billion one. It's quadrillion is the answer. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) What color is the sun? White. Very good. Yellow was a trick answer because the atmosphere makes it look yellow. The first animals sent into space were fruit flies aboard a V2 rocket. But can you tell me what was the first animal in orbit? A dog. Correct. Like the dog. I think Chris said that. (laughs) I think he did. How old is the universe? A. Millions of years. B. Billions of years. Or C. Trillions of years old. Um, trillions? I'm looking for billions of years old. Oh, my my orders of magnitude are all over the place today. (laughs) That is the end of your round, though. Well done, Megan. And solid performances there all round. Adam, scores from the contestants after that? Right, so scores after the physics round. We have Chris with five. Megan coming up after that with seven. But thanks to some pretty serious Joker play, Bavesh is on 14. Oh, my goodness. That's a huge performance. Any interesting answers in there that you picked out over in Encyclopedia Corner? The first one I have to point out is Bavesh bringing up that ergosphere in black holes, because that's a really weird part of physics. That is a bit where space-time itself gets pulled around by a black hole. You can't stay still in the ergosphere. It's really weird. Because you, you, you have to move towards it. What, what, what happens? Yeah, no, you have to move around. You just can't, st- you just can't There's stop. There's just no way to do it. Yeah, because the, sp- the fabric of space is pulling, so you have to pull with it. Wow. 
Wow, I'm so glad I found that out. Yeah, no, it, everything about black holes is is really cool. Like, if you get sucked into a black hole, the word scientists use for what will happen to you is called spaghettification. Oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness gracious me. I can imagine what they mean by that. Yeah, slowly get you, you turn into a noodle as you go in and in. Now, am I right that that happens because the force of gravity on your feet is so much bigger than that on your head that it actually makes a physical difference and stretches you out. Yeah, like e- even on Earth, there's there's more gravity at your feet than there is at your head. But at a black hole, just that gets so, so much worse and you end up being noodled. Wow, <laughs> what a horrible thing to happen. Exactly, but a wonderful fact. Apart from black holes, any other interesting tidbits? So one of the questions there was about kilograms. And the kilogram, we are in a new era of the kilogram because until 2019... The kilogram was just a block of metal that sat in a vacuum chamber in Paris. And that was the kilogram. What do you mean the kilogram? As in that was the definition of the kilogram. If you changed that block of metal in Paris, you changed what a kilogram was. How strange. I'm thinking that every time I want to know what a kilogram is, I've got to go to the block and compare them. Yeah, so so the, the block was called Le Grand K that was sitting in Paris. Uh-huh. And what would happen was other countries would go to Le Grand K or the International Prototype Kilogram for its proper name and they'd make copies. And then that would become the German Kilogram or the Eastern Seaboard of the United States Kilogram. And then from those, measuring companies would make their own standards and that's how they'd calibrate weighing scales and things like that. What was it made of? Platinum and iridium because that doesn't rust and won't change on its own. Now, scientists I know... Love to be precise, especially physicists. How on earth could they get away with having a block of metal? Because you say it's not going to rust, but surely it might lose like a a bunch of atoms here or there. And physicists love being that precise that would that actually make a difference? How do they avoid that? So it did make a difference. So what they would do is every couple of years, they'd measure like Germany's kilogram and the UK's kilogram and all the ones around the world. And what they found was they were like diverging. Some were getting heavier, some were getting lighter. Some were staying the same and everyone was thinking, well, if all these ones are changing, then the one we've got is definitely changing. And the race was to find something, something that could replace the kilogram because the meter used to be the same until we replaced it with how far light travels in a certain amount of time, which is based on a constant. So we were looking for a constant. And and what's come out? So it's based on a mathematical constant called the Planck constant, which is a really, really small number. But the Planck constant also has units of kilogram meter squared per second, which means that if you've got a good definition of a meter and a good definition of a second, then you can pull out a definition of the kilogram that's based on those two. What's the Planck constant? So the Planck constant is this tiny, tiny, tiny amount 0.34 zeros, and then like a six. And what it does is it relates the energy of a photon, a tiny single particle of light, to what colour that photon is. And because quantum mechanics, of course, it's called quantum because the stuff comes in quantized, discrete amounts. Yeah. The, The Planck constant is a constant because of the way this quantum world works. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so you've got a single quantum, a photon of light, If it's this particular colour, it will always have the same amount of energy. So is the new kilogram some weird bit of maths involving the Planck constant, a bunch of other stuff like the speed of light, in order to get to a kilogram? That's exactly what it is, yeah. So so now we don't need to go to blocks in Paris, and that block can have a nice retirement in a museum somewhere. I'd love to buy the kilogram on eBay. Wouldn't that be fantastic to have the kilogram? (laughs) Yeah, I own the kilogram. Deal with it. (laughs) That's fantastic. So what we were trying to do with this paper is to demonstrate the ability to type using brain signals. Anywhere between approximately four and approximately eight words per minute, a factor of between two and four faster than what's been demonstrated before. Each month, the eLife podcast talks to some of the world's best scientists. Join me, Chris Smith, as I hear about breathtaking discoveries hot off the press. Find the eLife podcast on iTunes or listen and download for free from nakedscientist.com slash eLife. Now on with round two. 
chemistry and materials. Now, let's rotate through the order this time and start with Bavesh. Bavesh, you've played your Joker. Are you ready to go ahead regardless? Absolutely. All right. Three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. Marie Curie discovered two new elements, both of which are highly radioactive. Can you name one? Polonium and radium. My goodness, that's exactly right. That's both of them. During the process of fermentation, glucose is converted into ethanol plus what? Hmm, a hydrocarbon maybe or something? I don't know. I was looking for carbon dioxide. That's what, yeah. that's what red is rising due to, so carbon dioxide. Um, yes, 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 yes. What is an atom's mass number if it contains eight protons, eight electrons, and ten neutrons? Zero? It's 18. No. It's the sum of the protons no, and neutrons. No, no. <laughs> no, it could be zero anyway. No way. That was in India. <laughs> is diamond considered a metal, a ceramic, or a composite? It is carbon, crystallized carbon. So, uh, go through the choice again, please. You've got metal, ceramic, or composite. Uh, I'd say composite, maybe? Ceramic is what I was looking for. Uh, It's a a weird one, but ceramic indeed. Table sugar is what type of sugar made up of linked molecules of glucose and fructose? Table sugar? Sorry, can you reiterate that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Ordinary household table sugar is what kind of sugar? made up of linked molecules of glucose and fructose. Cane sugar? <sighs> Dunno. I was looking oh. for sucrose. Sucrose, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Now tell me, what are solar panels made of? And it's an element that's commonly associated with electronics. Ah, oh, mine's gone blank over that one. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Silicon is what I was looking for. True or false, metals are good conductors of both electricity and heat. Mm, Not heat. So much. I was looking for true, actually. Yes, they're good conductors of both. Chaperonins are proteins in the body that help other proteins fold. True or false? Started the question, so I'll finish. Uh, Yes. It is indeed correct. Very well done, Bavesh. An excellent round. Over to Megan now. Megan, my apologies. You're not allowed to play your Joker. I hope you're all right with that. I, I think I'll live, but I'm, I'm scared <laughs> I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> well, there's no pressure because there's no pressure to get double points. So I'm sure you're <laughs> Yeah. Three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. Fool's gold is a compound made up of iron and what yellow element? Sulfur. Correct. Is milk... Acidic, alkaline, or neutral? Alkaline. It's actually slightly acidic because of lactic oh, acid. Oh, That's a yeah. tough one, that. What elements do all organic compounds contain? Carbon. I'm looking for another one. Ooh, and hydrogen. Yes, indeed. Is concrete a metal, a ceramic, or a composite? Concrete is a ceramic. I have your composite. Would you, would you dispute that? No, I'll I'll, (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Because we have checked it. In photosynthesis, plants produce sugar and oxygen by taking in carbon dioxide and what compound? Sunlight. Oh, that's not a compound. Sugar. Water is what I'm looking for. Oh, God. (laughs) What noble gas is used in low-voltage lamps for its distinctive orange-red glow? Neon. Correct. True or false? Ceramics have low melting points. False. Correct. High melting points indeed. (laughs) What term (laughs) describes substances that repel water? Hydrophobic. Correct. How many elements are there in the periodic table? Is it A, 118, B, 152, or C, 211? Uh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) There's all those ones at the bottom that you forget are there. I'm going to say 152. 118. Oh! elements. Finish this joke. A neutron walks into a bar and orders a drink. The bartender says, For you, no charge. Indeed. Very good. A good round, Megan. Now, Chris, over to you. Hello. Are you going to be jokering? (laughs) Uh, Absolutely not, based on those last questions that (laughs) Bavish and Megan had. Definitely I'll save it, I think. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. 
What precious metal is the best conductor of electricity at room temperature? And I do mean precious metal. Precious metal? Yes. I'm just going to say copper. Silver is what I was looking for, Uh, but a a very good guess. The enzyme renin is typically used to make what food? Renin? Could it be cheese? Is it really? Yeah, very good. Amazing. Cheese indeed. Wow. What do you call an atom with more protons than electrons? Is it an anion or a cation? More protons. Let's say cation. That is indeed correct. It's got a net positive charge. Excellent. Is paper a metal, a ceramic, or a composite? Well, I doubt it's a metal. <laughs> well, if, it's, if it's wood, let's say, if it's tree-based... It can't be ceramic, can it? It's not one of these trick questions. Uh, let's say composite. I'm going to have to say composite. You're, you're correct. It, it is indeed a oh, composite. Good, yes, very well done. Name any naturally occurring polymer. Polymer. So not plastic. It's okay. I feel like I'm allowed to use my time on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, poly- what's polymerase? I've heard of that. Sugar. I don't know. I can't accept sugar. I could have accepted sure. starch or cellulose or rubber or a couple others. Well, actually, a Fair few enough. others, but there you go. Sure, sure. What is the most common element in the universe? Hydrogen. Correct. True or false? Yeah. Atoms can form into a crystal, but molecules can't. Molecules. Well, presumably salt is a molecule and you can get salt crystals, so, so false. Correct. Excellent reasoning. A covalent bond is a chemical bond where atoms share what? An electron? Correct. What does the pH scale measure? Acidity? Correct. Finish this joke. Why can you never trust atoms? Oh, I'm not good on science (laughs) jokes, and I should be. Why can't you trust them? Because they keep giving away... Stuff? I don't know. You've got the time. I know, but... I'll I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. It's because they make up everything. Okay. Bonus points to Marcus in the studio who got it exactly right. (laughs) So well done, Chris. A very good round. Adam, now that we've had chemistry materials, can you give us the scores just for that round, please? Okay, just for that round, we have Bavesh got two in that round, then Megan with six, and Chris with a pretty fantastic seven. Wow. Came from uh, not backing himself to an excellent performance. Well done, Chris. But also to the other two. Now, Adam, over in Encyclopedia Corner, what would you pick out from that? So one of the things I was looking at was elements. And kind of we said there are 118 elements. That 118th element is called, hang on, let me get it right, Ognison. Ognison. Yeah. And it was discovered all the way back in 2002. So it's an 18 year old element, but we didn't get a name for it until 2016. Now, can you tell me anything about it? Is it bizarre and radioactive and lives for half a moment or, or what? All those elements that are that side live for really kind of low level times that we can't. If you look, even if you go and kind of look up sheets about it, you get it will have this property, maybe. We think. <laughs> right, right. Ognison, then. What's the symbol for that? So it's OG. So it is the OG element. The OG <laughs> element. That's helpful, though, because you get some elements that are, well, presumably not designed with us English speakers in mind because their letter acronyms don't actually match the letters in their English name. Yeah, that's very true. So one, of, one great example of that is lead. Lead's symbol on the periodic table is PB. But if you go into Latin... The Latin word for lead is plumbum, and that's where we get that that PB from. And as well as that, in Latin, they used to coat their drain pipes in lead, and they used to coat the pipes that brought water around the place. So the people who would take care of those water pipes under the ground were plumbers. Well, that makes sense, but now I'm really worried for their health because lead is toxic. Yeah, they they didn't know quite how toxic it was, but it's why we have the word plumber and why it has that weird random B stuck in the middle of it silently. Oh, how interesting. Elements aside, anything else from that round take your fancy? Any interesting answers? Well, just with all the weird chemicals that have come through, can I tell you about one of my favourite chemicals? Absolutely. So there's a chemical called thioacetone. And it is the stinkiest chemical we have ever discovered. In 1890, it got out in Leeds and the smell was described as fearful. Jesus. 
And then in ESO researchers, South of Oxford, I have this written down to tell you. Two of our chemists who had done no more than investigate the cracking of minute amounts of thigh trioacetone found themselves the object of hostile stares in a restaurant and suffered the humiliation of having a waitress spray the area around them with deodorant. Oh my goodness. So this is some real stink bomb stuff, right? Oh yeah, in a town in Freiburg you could smell it nearly a full kilometre away when a few drops of this stuff sprayed out. Why were these scientists even using this chemical? Were they creating the world's best stink bomb? It generally is kind of what happens when you take this other thing called uh, trithioacetone, which is actually used a lot in flavouring compounds. So, <laughs> How strange is that? Yeah, so something that we actually have as tasty, if you make it wrong or it breaks the wrong way, it becomes the stinkiest thing we know of or one of. Just before we move on, any other facts for us from that set of questions back there? One of the things that we've talked about is in chemistry, a lot of the questions had what colour the elements were. And one of my favourite stories when it comes to colour in science is the making of purple. So for years, purple was only worn by emperors and kings and queens, like the queen's robes are often purple. That's because it's almost impossible to get a purple that both looks really, really purple and stays for a really long period of time. So where, where do you think that purple came from? Oh, is it from a is it from a rock? It's something that moves nearly as slowly as a rock, so we get it from a kind of snail. From its shell? No, you have to you have to boil the poor snail to get it. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so it's this kind of snail called a murex snail, and it's actually a predatory snail, and it shoots this stuff out to like sedate its prey before it eats it, so it's sleepy and it can eat it. Underwater, that chemical is cloudy and milky. Above water, when it's exposed to oxygen, it turns into this really, really deep purple. And for years, this was the purple for all fancy robes. It's called Tyrian purple. And it took like thousands of snails to make grams of dye. So that's why it was so hugely expensive. Do you know what changed? Do we still boil snails to get our lovely violets? What happened was, we don't, st- we don't still boil snails. The snails are left to have a good time underwater. But in the 19th century, this guy, William Henry Perkin, he was working on his schoolwork, well, his undergraduate work, he was in college, and he was trying to come up with something that could be replaced with quinine because quinine has some medicinal properties. And he screwed it up and he made this, this just horrible black mass or, as he later checked, a very, very, very dark purple mass. And that became the first synthetic purple dye called movine. And then that became the replacement dye. And then people from that discovered loads of synthetic purples. And now purple used to be illegal to wear. And now I can go down to Primark and just grab a purple shirt if I want to. Thank you so much for that, Adam. And as we continue with our quiz, it's still all to play for. The Naked Scientists podcast is produced in association with Spitfire, cost-effective voice, internet and IP engineering services for UK businesses. Find out how Spitfire can empower your company at spitfire.co.uk. Music in the programme is sponsored by Epidemic Sound, perfect music for audio and video productions. We're halfway through our science pub quiz with contestants Chris, Babesh and Megan. Now, Adam, halfway point, can you give us scores on the doors? So the scores as they stand are Chris has 12 points, Megan just pipping him with 13, and Bavesh is in the lead with 16 points. Pretty close then, pretty close. Oh, all to play for. Right, and if you're playing along at home, give us a tweet to let us know how well you're doing. That's at Naked Scientists. Let's move on then to round three, which is called Inside the Body. Now, Megan, we're going to start with you this time. Would you like to play your Joker card? Absolutely not. I'm terrified of this round. (laughs) Okay, well, that's a definite answer. Let's give you three minutes on the clock and let's go. Where in the body would you find your patella? Oh, in your knee. Correct, it's your kneecap. Which of these nutrients contains the most calories per gram? A, fat, B, carbohydrates, or C, protein? I think it's fat. It is indeed fat. Which of the following is a part of the eye? Is it A, Dracula, B, Vernacular, or C, Macula? 
I think it is macular because you can have macular degeneration. Yes, quite right. It's part of the retina. We have a bunch of microbes living in our digestive systems, and we're starting to understand more about their roles in health and disease, but quite how many are there? On what scale? Is it A, hundreds, B, millions, or C, trillions? Trillions. Trillions, indeed. Say the average length of a night's sleep is eight hours. Now, listen carefully. If you slept eight hours a night, every night, until the age of 75, how many years have you spent asleep? Eight hours a night. Till the age, sorry, what was the age? 75. 75. Oh my, okay, so three times eight is 24, so uh, one year is 365, divided by three is 120 something, so you need three years, 75 divided by three is about 25 years. It is indeed 25 years, because eight hours is a third of a 24-hour cycle. The most abundant protein in the human body is collagen, true or false? I'm going to say true, because I think it's important in quite a lot of things. (laughs) Yes, it is indeed, particularly bones. What common form of dementia, usually beginning in late middle age, is characterised by progressive loss of mental ability? Alzheimer's disease? Correct. What type of protein on the surface of the coronavirus attaches to human cells? Oh, is this the spike protein? It is indeed the spike protein. What blood type makes someone a universal donor? Oh, I've looked this up and I can't remember. Is it O? I'll o, accep- o positive? I'll tell you what, I'll accept for O. It's actually O negative. Oh. Um, o positive won't accept the Reese's negative uh, types. Final question, what is alopecia? Oh, it's when you lose your hair. It is indeed hair loss. Well done, Megan. An excellent round. And I'm being told by Adam that it was full points on that one. So very, very well done. Now over to Chris. Are you playing your Joker card, Chris? I'm going to save it again, I think, for now. Okay, very good. Three minutes on the clock. Your time starts now. Where in your body would you find your clavicle? Isn't that your voice box? I'm going to say your throat, but I don't know if that's right. Oh, it's your heart, isn't it? It's your heart. It's It's your your collarbone, I'm afraid. But good guesses. Okay, I give up. (laughs) (laughs) How much salt, as in sodium chloride, table salt, Mm. is in the average human body? Is it A, a kilogram, B, a quarter of a kilogram, or C, practically none? I feel like a kilogram would be a lot. Let's say a quarter of a kilogram. Yes, indeed. Very good. The two main classes of receptor cells at the back of the eye are called rods and what? Cones. Correct. Is herpes caused by a bacterium or a virus? That's a good question. It's a virus. It is indeed a virus. What is the largest organ in the human body? I feel like the lungs are quite big. I'll say the lungs, but I'm not 100% sure. It's, it's actually your skin. Your skin. Oh, biggest of course. Organ in the yes, body. of course. I remember. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then liver uh, coming in second by mass. Where in your body is most of your iron located? In the blood? Indeed, in the blood. What disorder is caused by degeneration of your basal ganglia in your brain and results in tremors and postural instability? Motor neuron disease? It's Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's. How often does the new coronavirus mutate on average? Is it A, every two hours, B, every two days, or C, every two weeks? Well, I was going to say every two years, so I have no idea. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's say mutate, let's say every two weeks. Indeed, every two weeks, quite right. True or false, the vena cava takes oxygenated blood away from the heart all around the body. False. Indeed, false. It takes deoxygenated blood to the heart. Yeah. Most antidepressants nowadays target which brain chemical or neurotransmitter? Serotonin. Indeed, serotonin. Excellent, Chris. Very well done. Bavesh, you're up. You haven't got your joker. Are you ready to play? I am good to go. Hopefully less faux pas this time around. (laughs) All right, here we go. Where in your body would you find your coccyx? That is in your rear part, in your bum, basically. That is correct. It's your tailbone. Calcium Mm -hmm. accounts for what percentage of a human body weight? Is it A, 0.1%, 
B, 1%, or C, 10%? Given that we've got a lot of bones, I'd say 10%? It's 1%, 1%. Yeah. <laughs> the human eye can distinguish between roughly how many colors. Is it A, tens, B, thousands, or C, millions? Tens? It's actually millions. Millions of wow. colors. Yeah. Which of the following descriptions, uh, you'll enjoy this, from the Bristol stool scale accurately describes healthy poo? Is it A, sausage-shaped but lumpy, B, fluffy pieces with ragged edges, or C, like a sausage or snake? Uh, C, I think. (laughs) Yes, it is indeed C. Good. Do babies have more bones than adults or fewer? Uh, They have more, just slightly more. Correct. They do have more. They fuse as the baby's bones ossify. Yeah, I learned that from Dr. Chris. Oh, excellent. (laughs) What is the name for the oxygen-carrying protein found in human blood cells? Um, Hemoglobin? Correct. What congenital disorder is caused by the presence of an extra 21st chromosome and causes intellectual disability and a flattened facial profile? Wow. Um, A reiteration, please? Sure. What congenital disorder is caused by the presence of an extra 21st chromosome and causes intellectual disability and a flattened facial profile? Oh, uh, Down syndrome? Correct. Indeed. What organ in the body does the coronavirus primarily attack? I think that is the liver or the kidney. It's lungs, I'm afraid. It's lungs. Normally, a red blood cell is what shape? Do describe as best you can. Red blood cell... Circular? I'll need a little bit more. Um, like... Like... Three circles conjoined? No, it's like actually... That. It's sort of like a joined-up donut. It's thicker on the edge of the circle, is what I was looking for. Uh. Final question, though. How many lymph nodes are there in the average human body? Is it A, around 5, B, around 50, or C, around... 500. I was going to research this just randomly. <laughs> um, I would say A, 5? It's actually it? around 500, around 500 lymph nodes. That's it then for Inside the Body, Bavesh. Very well done. Adam, can you give us the scores just for that round, please? So just for that round, we have Bavesh got 5, Chris got 7, but Megan had an incredible clean sweep and managed to pull the full 10 questions out of the bag. Wow, what a good round. Yeah, and, and not using the joker on a clean sweep. There, well, no, <laughs> no regrets in this quiz. You never know what you're going to get. True, true. What facts from that caught your fancy over an Encyclopedia Corner? So I've found some fun things about blood, given that we were talking about blood types and blood cells. Do you know you've got, you've got gold in your veins? I do. Yeah, you've got you've got a certain amount of gold running through your blood. How how rich am I? You are get get this, hold on to your hats. 0.2 milligrams of gold richer than you were before. Oh boy. <laughs> You're going to be cashing it in. That's your retirement check right there. Beverly Hills, here I come. Yep. What what's it doing in there? Uh it's just it's part of the trace amounts of minerals and things like that that we all have in our bloodstream. We've all kinds of minerals and chemicals there. Now, does that mean that like iron it's an essential mineral for you to get a certain amount of and that your body needs it. That, you know. that is a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> because, and is it something that comes from our food that you know of? Most things do, so I would imagine so. But okay. it's, if, if we're talking about rich blood, though, there's an animal called the horseshoe crab and its blood looks like fabric softener, like blue fabric softener, but it's got a chemical in it that's really sensitive to bacteria and clumps onto bacteria. So we can use it really, really well to test the purity of chemicals. And if if the horseshoe crab blood says, no, there's bacteria in there, it's one of the best ways we know that something isn't pure. How has that happened? That seems like an incredible way to defend yourself against bacteria. So they have a particular chemical called LAL that sits in their bloodstreams that is designed to do exactly this for them. And it turns out that it works for us too. And moving on from blood, because we're talking about a lot, a lot of other stuff inside our bodies. What else have you got for me, Adam? So I'm going to talk to you about a really weird plague that happened. And this was in 1518, and it was in Strasbourg in what's now France. 
what happened was this one woman suddenly started dancing and she couldn't stop dancing. Like far beyond where you should pass out from exhaustion or where you just think, I'm tired and this isn't fun anymore. You know, I was thinking of the coronavirus when you started with plague, but not not so much anymore. Yeah, the dancing plague of 1518. And what happened was it wasn't just her. People started to join in. And there was between 50 and 400 people in this town in France were stuck dancing. And um, we don't know for sure because there's, there's no evidence from directly then, just written afterwards. But there's a good chance that some of these people died because they couldn't stop dancing. I mean, did they all get, get very knocked up on hard drugs? Potentially, you're not actually a million miles away. So there's a fungus thing that grows on corn and wheat called ergot. And ergot can break down and give off basically... LSD. And there's a thought that they were eating these contaminated wheat and maybe some of them just ended up on the worst acid trip and then they ended up dancing until they died. That's one theory. The other one is that just mass hysteria happens sometimes. People get caught up in horrible versions of mob mentality. What's happened to Ergot now? Is it still around? It's still around and Whenever something serious and mass hysteria happens, people tend to blame it on ergot. Powerful stuff, that, isn't it? Well, thank you, Adam. And still, all to play for. On to the fourth and final round now of our Science Pub Quiz. And this one is on the living world. Chris, I'm supposed to remind you about your joker. What do you say? I appreciate that. And I think that I'd better play it now. Otherwise, it will be left unplayed. So <laughs> righty. Double points on this one for Chris. Three minutes okay. on your clock. Here we go. What kinds of animals can be Scottish folds, Siamese or Russian blue? Siamese cats. Indeed, cats. Great. Herpetology is the study of what animals? Say it again for me. It's herpetology. H-E-R-P-E-T-O-L-O-G-Y. I feel like it's a snaky because it sounds like serpent, doesn't it? If you change the H for a, it must be a. Let's say amphibians, just as I'll, a general. I'll accept that. That's good. It's amphibians and reptiles, so very general oh, cool. study. Okay. That. What tree do we get aspirin from? Willow tree. Oh yes, very good. What are bigger, viruses or bacteria? It must be. Well, oh, I say it must be, and it's going to be wrong. I think it's bacteria. It is indeed bacteria. Yes, bacteria yeah. have a. Uh, more stuff going on in there. What yeah. probably killed the dinosaurs? Oh, this is a horrible question. I went to the <laughs> science museum just before lockdown, and it, there's so many different theories. People it's not a trick a question. Comet. Right, I'm going to say the big comety type asteroid thingy hitting yes, the Earth. Meteor fine. is indeed what <laughs> okay. I was looking for. Yes, that's okay. your top theory. What plant family is vanilla in? And it's a family known for its stunning and varied flowers. Plant family... I don't even know if I can... I'm gonna, I might just have to... Pod? Is that even a thing? I'm going to say pod. I, don't, I have no idea. I, I was looking for orchid family. It's in the orchid family. Oh, all right. What is the largest animal to have ever lived? <laughs> a blue whale? Correct. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> what do you call the young of a bobcat? A bobcat? Now, now, hang on. They're very often called things like kitten. Well, rabbits young are called kittens... Maybe it's like a bob kitten or something like that. Let's that say bob exactly kitten. That is exactly right. Is it actually? Well done, oh, Chris. Yes. Okay. <laughs> In 2018, an Egyptian zoo tried to pass a donkey off as which animal by painting it? Oh, it's a zebra. I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a zebra. zebra. So Quite good. Right. So and good. finally, name a mammal that lays eggs. A mammal that lays eggs. Now, what am I trying to think of here? Is it? Uh, um, I was going to say seahorse, but I don't think that's totally not. I'm going to say platypus, but aren't they extinct? Or uh, I'm going to give you the point for platypus because you're indeed exactly right. Platypus. Oh, is it that? Is, uh, right. Yes, echidna or platypus are the two. Well done, Chris. Bavesh, over to you. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. Here come your questions on the living world. Your time for three minutes starts now. Domestic mm-hmm. dogs only see in black and white. True or false? False. Indeed, false. They have two types of cone in their eye. 
If I have ornithophobia, what am I afraid of? Birds. Yes, birds. Name a drug that comes from poppies. Heroin. Yeah, indeed. What would a bacteria use a flagellum for, signaling or moving? Signaling. It's moving. Which dinosaur's name means king of the tyrant lizards? T-Rex. Yes, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Which plant has varieties such as Arabica and Robusta? Coffee. Good. What's the largest living bird? I know this. Ain't it an ostrich or something? Yes, exactly, an ostrich. Which animal is also known as an orca? A killer whale. Killer whale, indeed. In 2014, an Italian circus troupe passed off dogs as which animals by painting them black and white? (laughs) Um, Wolves. Would you believe it's giant pandas? Wow. (laughs) Don't know how they did that. And your final question, what do you call a group of eggs that tadpoles come out of? I don't know. Stumped. It's frog spawn. Oh, Lord. (laughs) A great round, Babesh. Well done. Congratulations. Now, Megan, final round, The Living World. Are you ready? I think you might have a joker to play. Yeah, I better do that. Okay. Double points for Megan on The Living World. Three minutes on your clock. Your time starts now. Where do budgies originally come from? Australia or Africa? Oh, I'm going to say Australia. And you'd be right. A lepidopterist collects what kind of insect? A lepid... Can you spell that? L-E-P-I-D-O-P-T-E-R-I-S-T. Ooh, I am going to say butterflies. Indeed, butterflies and moths. Rubber can come out of trees. True or false? True. True. What is widely described as the powerhouse of the cell? Is it the ribosome or the mitochondria? Oh, it's the mitochondria. <laughs> Indeed, as uh, a lot of year 10, year 11 students will tell you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Ribosomes for making proteins, my- mitochondria for making energy. Did Stegosaurus have a brain the size of an apple or a walnut? Oh, well, Stegosaurus isn't around to take offense, so I'm going to say walnut. I have to say, it should take offence because it's an apple. Size <laughs> of an apple. What drink was originally used to combat malaria? Vodka and orange or gin and tonic? Oh, I hope it was gin and tonic. It was indeed because tonic water has got quinine. Ah. The smallest mammal weighs just two grams and is one inch long. But is it a bat or a rat? I'm going to say bat because you can get like small, cute bats. <laughs> You'd be exactly right, indeed. What animal was the first to be called a panda? Was it the red version or the giant version? Red panda or giant panda? I think it was the red panda. You are right, indeed, red panda. In 2013, a Chinese zoo used a Tibetan mastiff, a dog with a quite fluffy neck, in place of which animal? Oh, I remember reading about this. Um, I think it's a lion. It is indeed a lion. (laughs) Final question. What animal's eggs are sometimes called mermaid's purses? Oh, uh, like rays? Like um, the ones that swim in the sea, manta rays? You're exactly right. It's sharks, skates, rays. Indeed, very well done. That's it for The Living World. Now, Adam, over in Encyclopedia Corner, before you give us our lovely final scores... Have you got any lovely facts for us about animals or plants? I do indeed. So we had one of those questions there that the blue whale is the largest or largest animal to ever live. But I'm going to ask you a question because you've asked so many questions. Oh, no. What is the largest organism that is alive today? Now, I've heard about an enormous colony of fungi that is actually technically one organism. Is it that? That is on the list, but it is beaten out by something called pando which is Latin for I spread out, and it's a big colony of quaking aspen trees that all have the same root system. And we've checked, and like they all come from the same roots, and genetically, they're the same tree. It weighs 6 million kilograms. So are, are you saying that what looks like a forest above ground 
actually underground is like 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 how a plant will bud off from another it's it's actually one interconnected thing that's got these trees coming out of the ground connected by roots that's exactly it if you were to walk through it you'd see all these trees with kind of this nice silver bark and they've all got kind of yellowy leaves a lot of the time but once you go underground the root system is all the same and genetically each one of those trees is the same tree where where can i go see this in the western edge of the Colorado Plateau in south-central Utah. I love it. More living world facts, please. Right, one of the questions there was about gin and tonics and how they can fight malaria. Well, it's sort of an interesting story, and it might be the most important cocktail in human history, is a G&T. Because, as you said, it contains, tonic water contains quinine, which is an anti-malarial drug. This, this has been known for centuries. Where it comes from in Peru, it's it's part of a bark called the chinchoa tree, which was found by the Quechua people. And in the 1850s, we managed to extract from that bark and bring it to the Western world and mixed it into tonic water. But tonic water, even today, doesn't have much quinine in it anymore, and it still tastes pretty bitter. So can you imagine that, that bitter taste in a tonic water times 10? So when they were doing this, did they were they doing it for the pure appreciation of the bark of this tree, or was there some knowledge that it could help against something like malaria? There, there was knowledge that it could help against malaria. There was stories of Jesuit monks being like shaky and feverish and falling into puddles at the base of chinchoa trees and then waking up better. That probably didn't happen, but it's the same thing that it was Jesuit monks in the Western world who first figured out it could do this. The tribe who lived there knew. They, they, were well, they were well up on things. Yeah, sure. But what happened was this stuff tasted so foul, especially to British soldiers when they went to Africa, that they had to mix it with something. And soldiers often got a ration of gin as well. So one plus the other means you could get an anti-malarial that you could drink in a cocktail. And the thing about it was until then, Africa was called the white man's grave because... Colonialists from Europe kept going to Africa and kept dying of malaria, but suddenly they didn't anymore because they had a defence. So it allowed for the colonisation of Africa and changed the face of the world as we know it and still has impact. It's quite something. People like me, I think, will be thinking of this drug that's similar to the quinine in tonic water, but that's been touted on and off as a, a coronavirus treatment. Is that the same thing or is that something slightly different? So it's the same family of drugs because it's, it's uh, hydroxychloroquine, that quin comes from quinine, but it has far fewer side effects, which is why we use it now and we've been using it since roughly about World War II. That's why nowadays tonic water doesn't have that much quinine in it. So if you're going abroad, don't use gin and tonics as an anti-malarial. Go to your doctor and get them to give you one. They don't advertise their uh, malaria treating effects now. I, I assume they're going for taste. Yeah, that's the plan. Well... Now that we've gone through all our questions, I think it's time for the moment of truth. I'm going to bring back in Chris, Bavesh and Megan. You're all three of you here. Can we get a drum roll, please, for Adam to read out the final scores? Adam, hit us. Okay, so in third place, we have Bavesh with 28 points, then Chris with 37, but Megan with 41 points is our winner. Yes, very well done. Clearly, I specialised in the wrong thing. I should be uh, doing PhDs in the living world. Very well done, all of you. That was some incredible answers. And if you were playing along at home, do let us know how you did. Tweet at Naked Scientist to get in touch. And I'm afraid that's it for this week. Thanks again to Chris, Babash and Megan for playing. If you enjoyed the quiz and you think you might like to have a go yourself in the future... Send an email in to chris at nakedscientist.com or go use our web form on nakedscientist.com slash question. Adam and Eva Higginbotham helped put the show together. And do tune in next week and get your sandwiches ready because we're celebrating the summer sun with picnic science. That's cooking chemistry, why ants seem to love our snacks, and can looking at the clouds tell you if your picnic is going to be a washout. The Naked Scientist comes to you from the Institute for Continuing Education at the University of Cambridge and is supported by Rolls-Royce. I'm Phil Sansom, and from all of us here at the Naked Scientist team, goodbye! Thinking about your next career move in research and development? 
Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years, the nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities, the nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.